Welcome to Fox 10 Daily, your go-to podcast for news, humor, and courtroom drama. Here's your host, Megan Fox. Welcome back to the program, everybody. I'm sorry that I am late today, but I was with the kids. It's winter break, and I had to take them ice skating. And yes, this old mama got out there on the ice and skated, and I'm lucky I didn't break anything. I survived it. But the podcast is going to be a little late this evening, but boy, what a day it was. I always happen to be out on the days when big things happen, and today, Laura Owens and Clayton Eckerd were in court for their status hearing in Maricopa County, Arizona, and we are going to get into all the details of that. But first, I want to tell you that if you followed the Kowalski trial, the Maya Kowalski trial, the girl who was medically kidnapped by Johns Hopkins Children's Hospital and Dr. Sally Smith taken from her family. Uh, Her mother was driven to suicide and she was awarded a $250 million award by a jury. Well, her attorney, Greg Anderson, came on my live program yesterday. I will link it in the show notes to talk about his new case with the Kushner family, another family who was wronged by Johns Hopkins, by Dr. Sally Smith, and also NICA, the a fund in Florida that is supposed to provide support and money for kids who are injured at birth. So that story is very complicated. You should tune into my live stream to hear about it because it's a story I'm going to be covering. So I just wanted to let you know that that is on my stream from yesterday. I also interviewed Reality Steve yesterday on my at the same program. His uh, interview was in the first hour and then Greg's is in the second. But Steve and I talked about my reaction to Jane uh, Doe, who we're calling, I keep getting Laura mixed up with Jane Doe because everyone else besides me calls her Jane Doe and I call her Laura Owens, but whatever. I, we, I talked to him about his interview that he had with the psychologist and I wanted to know a few things about that interview. So let me play you a couple of clips from yesterday's live stream. Has there been any fallout from that interview that you did? Have you heard from Laura again? Is she, you know, what what happened after that interview with the psychologist that you know of? You know, it's interesting. I have not heard from Laura since that interview, but Laura's mother emailed Dr. Catherine. Oh, boy. And basically said, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase the email, but it was along the lines of, why would you go on that guy's podcast? You don't know the full story. I'd love to talk to you to let you know on the things that you're not aware of. I mean, just the same thing that Laura says every time Dave or I talk about it. It's just like, you don't know the full truth. And that's that's my biggest issue with Laura from the very beginning is that when she emails you something, you just have to take everything that she says is 100% fact. And she's like, Laura, it doesn't work that way. And she just doesn't seem to comprehend that. So Reality Steve, if you're not familiar with him, he is the godfather of Bachelor reporting and Bachelor news. He started out years ago before, um, you know, really even before YouTube was a thing. He he had a blog. He's an amazing journalist. He's been doing this for so long. And he's a really great guy. We had a really nice conversation. But he has been the target of Laura Owen's uh, repeated harassment as well. Now, she hasn't sued him or anything yet. But she has sent her harassing emails constantly without ever giving him any proof of any of her claims. Now, we all think that, you know, it's very unlikely 
that Laura Owens was ever pregnant with Clayton Eckert's babies or Greg Gillespie's or Michael Maricini's. Uh, we think that there's something going on here that doesn't add up. One of the things that makes us believe that is that she keeps running from her deposition. She doesn't show up for her deposition. She doesn't follow through with discovery. S Steve had some information on that too. If everything you've said since May 20th, when you guys hooked up, is absolutely on the up and up, you're 100% right, everyone else is wrong, then you should be running to your deposition. You should be, you, you should be thankful that everyone is hearing your side and your story and you're telling your truth because she has said, basically, I haven't lied to this whole thing. Everything's been so great. Then why are you trying to cross a deposition? Just go there, tell your story. Like it doesn't make, nothing she does makes any sense, to be honest. No, it doesn't. And if you're withholding information from the court and from the person that you're suing, you know, it does cause others who are watching this process to go, hmm, there's something wrong here. Now, I took some heat on Reddit for being kind of critical about the psychologist that Steve interviewed, who tried to give Laura some excuses, like saying, "I, you know, I feel sad for her and she must have very low self-esteem. And I brought that up with Steve to see how he felt about that characterization of a predatory woman who has tried to destroy the lives of several men that we know of, and possibly more that we don't. And it may be the case that she doesn't know that she's doing that, but it doesn't change the fact that it's awful and it should stop. Yeah. But I agree with what you said. If this, if this situation was reversed, and let's just say it's just one guy. And but um, a, a man was doing this to a woman saying all this stuff and sent her 500 emails and texts when the day after they hooked up, the woman said, you know what, this isn't going to work between us. It shouldn't have happened last night. I, I just I'm sorry. I don't want to do anything. And then 500 emails and text messages took place afterwards. It never wouldn't even got to 100. I, I think it would have been stopped and the man would have had a restraining order put out against him immediately. Like, oh, yeah, I think it would be that. worse than that. I think he'd be in jail for criminal very, harassment. Very, and very well. I mean, yeah, there well is a statute for criminal harassment. I think she's met it over and over again, but nobody wants to do anything about her. No one, you know, when you, as a man, if you go to the police and you say, this woman is harassing me criminally and I'm scared of her, they laugh at you. They will laugh at you. Like, oh, you're six foot tall and she's what, five, three? Give me a break. She. Right. So Steve and I talked about that for a little bit. Seems like he's on the same page as me. He said he didn't even really notice at the time that she was kind of giving an excuse for Owen's behavior. And I think that that's a dangerous thing to do, in, especially in psychology. A psychologist really should be, and hopefully if Laura ever gets some psychological help, her psychologist will not give her excuses and will force her to face what she's done. Now, Steve had an interesting commentary on why he does read Laura's columns on Medium, which I now, I won't read them publicly. Maybe I'll read them privately just for giggles, but he's got a good point. I know that because, and I read it for um, inconsistencies in things that she has written sure. me or written Dave, or written Clayton, and it's just, they're full of inconsistencies. That's the, that's almost the best part of reading them. And as I said the other day, I feel like I want Laura to write a Medium article every day, because every Medium <laughs> article she writes, she incriminates herself even more. Shh, shh, shh don't tell her. I know. <laughs> don't, shh, you know she's you know, listening. You know, you know uh, Clayton's lawyers are screenshotting everything she writes, and including them in their uh, conversations with her lawyers. And, you know, 
another amazing part about this case is her legal team, uh, her legal teams, considering she's gone through, I think we're at 14 or 15 uh, legal teams now. I just wonder what these people think of her. I I wonder that too. Um, And I don't know if we'll ever know because attorney-client privilege demands that they will never tell what they think. But boy, would it, I would love to be a fly on the wall in the latest law firm that she has retained. But speaking of Laura Owens versus Clayton Eckert, they were in court today in Maricopa County. So let's get caught up on what happened today. Now, Dave Neal did an amazing live stream on YouTube where he did some amazing reporting court reporting. It was great. I texted him afterwards. I told him that was some classic, perfect courtroom reporting. You reporting on uh, his source that he had inside the courtroom, telling him what was going on, what everybody was wearing, where they were sitting. It was perfect. So if you want to go watch that, I'm definitely going to link it in the show notes. But I have some clips from that. There was a moment where Dave was, uh, he had Reality Steve on the show and they were awaiting some news from the courtroom. And they finally got this bizarre, bizarre news. Now, let me see if I can break this down. Her news story is this. This is so hard to even repeat. Like, I don't even know how to start this. She, (laughs) Laura Owens is, she's claiming that she is no longer pregnant. And she went to the doctor sometime in November And they told her that she miscarried, but didn't know it several weeks or months earlier. One to two months is her story now. One to two months before November, she miscarried 20-week-old twin fetuses and didn't know it. Now, one of two things here she's claiming, and she wasn't specific. She either passed bodies, and this is, I'm sorry, trigger warning, but she either passed bodies and didn't notice or she had two dead fetuses inside of her for two months. Even one month or a couple weeks would put you at risk of dying from sepsis. It's a ridiculous story, but here's the reaction from Steve and Dave on hearing this news. Oh, this is interesting. Jane Doe goes to her doctor, Dr. McCool, and um, in November, and was told she miscarried a month or two prior. All right, folks. All right, folks. Steve, wait, you don't believe her? Come on! (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's my favorite moment in the whole stream. What do you mean? You don't believe her? Oh, it just gets better and better. And, And there's more. There's proof, supposed proof coming. Let's hear that part. And scary. Well, because what's after? Well, I hate to break it to you, but her side says they will have proof of her miscarriage next week, as I'm finding out. Now, proof, they say. Proof. As if they couldn't have provided proof today. You know, that that's ridiculous. Now. Okay, so now we have her story. We have more pieces of the story that Laura Owens wants us to believe. Okay, fine. Let's look at the facts, shall we? Let's go back to her hearing on November 4th. On November 4th, she was under oath in front of the judge claiming to be 
100% pregnant. Let's let's hear her in her own words on November 4th claiming to be 100% pregnant. Do you have any prior testimony that you'd like to correct at this time? I do not. Her lawyer's like, you gulp. I want to make sure that you're clear-headed. And obviously, uh, it's your position that you are pregnant with alleged twins, correct? A hundred percent. Yes, correct. Okay, so she says a hundred percent pregnant with with twins on November 4th. Then she tells them that she is 24 weeks pregnant. Here it is. And how far along are you as we sit here today with respect to the pregnancy? I am 24 weeks along. Okay, 24 weeks along. Then they ask her, when was the last time you saw your OBGYN? My main OBGYN is the perinatologist, Dr. McCool. And what is the last time, oh, well, you said your main OBGYN. Who else are you seeing? What other pregnancy-related doctors are you seeing? Dr. Higley, who I saw last Friday. Okay, last Friday from November 4th would be November 1st. I looked at the calendar. I did the math. Are you telling me? So this is what she wants us to believe. She wants us to believe that she was, that she had non-living fetuses inside her belly, but she went to the OBGYN on November 1st and that OBGYN had no idea because by November 4th, she still thinks these babies are legitimately alive. She thinks the pregnancy is moving forward. At every OBGYN appointment, you get a fetal heartbeat report. They do it every time. They look for the fetal heartbeat. They're checking to see if the baby is still alive. So there would be like a report of that. There's no way she saw an OBGYN on November 1st who would not have told her that the babies were dead, if that's her story. But she's claiming that sometime in November, obviously after the November 4th hearing where she thought she was pregnant or said she was 100% pregnant, that she was told after that time that she was not pregnant. Not only was she not pregnant, but she had a miscarriage she didn't even know about a month or two ago. But that doesn't make sense either because babies don't continue to grow in the womb after they're dead. And she was wearing the baby bump that we saw in October at the hearing. And in September, she sent, she claims she sent Clayton a video proof of pregnancy in September. For him so he could verify that I was indeed pregnant. Okay. And is this video an accurate reflection of what you looked like recently? Um, in September, I believe. And is this a video that Mr. Eckert asked you to send to him? Yes, it is. Was that to show proof that you were in fact pregnant? Yes. Okay. Okay. And Clayton's lawyer objected to that video because there was no foundation for it. And she says they have no proof that it's actually real. I don't believe sufficient foundation has been laid. She said September. I don't have the date in September of the year. Uh, there's no proof she sent this to Mr. Eckerd. And furthermore, we don't have proof that it hasn't been edited. So they don't have proof that it wasn't edited. But it just goes to show in this timeline, she was saying she was pregnant in September with a, with a belly. 
And then in October showed up at a court hearing with a bigger belly stuffed under her shirt. And then in November says she's a hundred percent pregnant and just saw the OBGYN on November 1st. None of this lines up to losing the babies a month or two before November, which would be September or October. Both of the months where we have evidence of her still making pregnancy claims with a allegedly growing belly. None of this makes any sense. Okay, but here's the good news. The good news, and here's the outcome of today's hearing. The motion to seal the records was denied. The judge said, you know, we can seal your medical records. You know, we can redact your medical records. We can redact your address, but we are not going to uh, keep this from the public. It obviously has public interest, and so there's there's no sealing of the records. She's not happy about that. I can tell you I can tell you that right now. She's probably steaming mad about that. The second motion that was granted was the motion to push out the hearing until June. The the hearing is now going to be the actual trial is going to be June 10th. They're going to have 2 hours. So Clayton's side was granted what they asked for. There are a couple other documents that came out there was a motion, a couple of motions for contempt filed on both by both sides, and they were both denied. The other thing that happened was that the deposition is going to be happening. So Laura is going to be deposed in March. It's happening soon. She also was forced to sign the HIPAA release in court in front of the judge today. That's huge news. And it goes all the way back to August of 2020. Her medical records can now be subpoenaed by Clayton's lawyer all the way back to 2020, which would encompass some of the time that Greg Gillespie was in a a legal fight with her as well. So he may get some answers out of this as well. So this is all very exciting and very good news. It appears that the judge is not going to let her get away with this anymore. Her motion to dismiss this whole paternity suit was also thrown out. It was denied. It will go forward and the judge is going to get to the bottom of it. So this is now in the hands of the court. The court is has decided that they do want to know what happened in this case. And they're going to force Laura Owens to cough up all this alleged comprehensive medical evidence she keeps saying exists. We're pretty sure that it doesn't. But you know what? It should be interesting to see. Now, here's a uh, here's a problem or led, you know, here's, here's what Dave sees. She may say, because it does appear that she just can't stop herself from making up these ridiculous stories. She may say that she didn't go to the doctor. You know, she just lied about going to the doctor, but she was pregnant. And if she never saw a doctor, there wouldn't be any proof that she wasn't pregnant and she can continue her lies about being pregnant forever because there's just no there's just no mechanism to prove that none of this happened. Oh, another thing that happened in court is that the judge also wants a she signed a, a I guess a warrant or a subpoena to get the results from Ravgen. So they're going to get DNA, they're going to get all everything that the sample that Laura sent, supposedly three samples to Ravgen for the paternity testing will have to be turned over now and all the results shown to the court. 
this is all very good news. To me, it means that the judge is very interested in this case and wants to know what is the truth here. And I think we all want to know what the truth is. I'm frankly feeling exhausted by this case and I'm ready for it to be over, but it's not going to be over until June. So be patient folks. Uh, but the, the truth is coming. So hang in there. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or your favorite place to enjoy the show. Want to hear more from Megan? Sign up at meganfox.locals.com.